Oh my goodness. Hey, hi, it's Mike. Did you know that Abe and Bridget and me are trying to make a movie right now? Yes, right dang now. It's called Papa Bear and tells the poignant and hilarious true story of the time my dad came out as a gay furry when I was 17. Uh, if you care about that at all, please head to seedandspark.com slash fund slash papa hyphen bear to find out much more about the project, how you can be a part and earn really cool rewards for helping us out. See you there. Here's your pod. Thanks so much. Welcome to Like Razorblade Pie, a bite-sized book club about the speculative fiction of Harlan Ellison, my favorite writer of all time. I'm your host, Michael Swaim. Uh, it's speculative fiction, not sci-fi. Harlan was an asshole about that. In my mind, that is linked neuronally to an old Comedy Central spot where before commercial hit, Brendan Fraser would say, It's Fraser. And if you say Frasier, I will find you. Cody, do you remember that Comedy Central bumper? <laughs> I don't, actually. Damn. Uh, well, I which... thought that would be the perfect segue into welcoming our special guest, Cody Johnston, everyone. I apologize. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm surprised I don't remember that because uh, it seems like the exact era you'd watch Comedy Central a half hour after you I... get home from school, right? Right. It was um, Craig Kilborn Daily Show days, if Ooh. I recall. Right in that era. Yeah, I don't remember. Man, there is a... This is nothing about sci-fi, but... Sure. There's a clip I recommend people look up. When Craig Kilborn was still host of The Daily Show, so very slim window, and I'm not saying... He's not as good as Jon Stewart, but <laughs> um, he had an interview with a guy who worked in the sewers his whole life and just kept asking him questions. He's like, what's the biggest problem? And he's like, poop. <laughs> in the manhole and he like can't stop laughing and he's like when you approach the manhole it's the poop yeah yeah it is like, anyway what speaking of, of stories that make you want to kill yourself Ooh. today we're covering <laughs> this is the podcast where i try to keep it tight and this is not tight let's get on doing the, great on the kill here. born all right appropriate yeah right um, I'm going to transition now to the Jon Stewart era, much more staid and respectable, mm. as we talk about The Sky is Burning, uh, a very provocative title, I would say. Mm. Um, I wonder if there's a reference to the nuclear tests and the idea that they thought it might ignite the atmosphere. I don't know if it's intentional or not. Um, but yeah, I, I picked The Sky is Burning to pair with Cody. Uh, I forgot to shout it out, so hopefully people who want to read along will see the title. Maybe I'll tweet it right after this. That's what I'll do. Um, so presumably you've read it by now, and we're going to dive on in. Cody, if you would, because it's a short story, so I mean in like a sentence or two, hit them with the log line for Sky is Burning, including spoiling the ending, just so people know what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, how much do I say? No, uh, not like you're selling a movie and you're tantalizing. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. yeah, yeah. Wi Wikipedia uh, entry more. Yeah, uh, Sky is Burning. It's about, um, uh, follows an astronomer um, as uh, 
what appear to be flaming meteorites appear all over the Earth and then all over other planets in the solar system, burning, screaming sounds in the sky. And they discover that it's actually creatures and they investigate the creatures and they discover that they are all there, the hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of them there to kill themselves, which they do every 5,000 years. 5,000, yeah. Um, And they do it on Earth because the Earth is the end of the universe and um, uh, there's nothing for us to do. But be yeah, the garbage that's disposal the other, of the universe. We're the garbage disposal of the universe, meaning that also everything is. Uh, they capture one and it briefly talks to them telepathically and lets them know that their empire, that species, they own like the whole universe in all directions. There's and they're not mad at us. We can do whatever we want, but there's nothing unclaimed in the universe. Yeah. That already happened. We missed yeah, it all. We boat. missed. We missed it. Now <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. Here. we're here to be their graveyard. Yeah. Great, thank you. Um, perfect. So uh, on this show, I try to pair stories with people or their persona or their internet function in mm. a way that's relevant, which is a big clue for you. But mm. why do you think I paired this story with you? Oh, interesting. Um, so I had a bunch of theories um, or several theories. Um, and I think it's probably because of the sort of the very depressing sort of pessimistic um, uh, ending and perspective of uh, the story that might also benefit from a little positivity, a little spin um, and hope in a dark time. That's right. Um, hope More in a dark less. time, which hope I think you try to provide or at least reason in a dark time. And mm-hmm. also... Um, this is not really like, that's why I say persona more than brand, because you're not super pessimistic or negative or dark at all. Um, not with the, your life doesn't have trials and tribulations, but like, I've never gotten that vibe from you. Oh, he's real moody. Yeah. Right, right, right. Be careful with him or whatever. Um, but at the same time, uh, boiling down like the work you've been doing on the internet for the most recent chunk of your career, the sky is burning. Is like almost the encapsulation of what the show is. You indeed, know? indeed. Yeah. News, if you're not familiar, yeah. Thank you for um, recognizing then, also that I'm not a miserable person in real life. Oh yeah, it's just the thing that you're doing. It's just your project that you're currently writing. Um, but also, uh, as we were just talking about before we started taping the writer's strike is happening right now and the studios are going we don't need you we have crude ai tools that are nowhere near ready for this task uh, but we're gonna do it <laughs> to not pay you obviously and, that's the plan and all the ways entertainment's compromised right now and it's a cycle and it could swing back to a place where there's a golden age but it's not right now <laughs> if no, we'll ever get one again not. yeah um, not that there's bad stuff. It's more like a pile of crap and there's still some good stuff in the pile. Uh, yeah. And regardless. the good stuff, yeah. they're, like people who own the pile are like, what if we smear some shit on it and then get rid of it? Yeah. Even though it's good. But I see, I see a, a, a resonance there only in that I think of you as someone who's also acutely observant about things that seem promising at first and then you go like yeah, yeah, yeah. not you're not negative in vibe but you will call out stuff where you'll go like this is gonna turn to crap later watch and you're usually right yeah. um so those are the reasons why and let's dive into the story itself um do you 
have like or, or what's your sci-fi pedigree history um obviously we're all inundated with sci-fi if we watch movies and play video games and shows and stuff although i would love to because i know you have a special affinity for sci-fi tv but yes. also reading did you read them back in the day um not a whole lot um uh when i was uh younger uh like little arthur c clark um and you mentioned mm. in your cues uh like uh like Twilight Zone kind of stuff, um, and short stories in that vein. Um, I was big into uh, Neil Gaiman. He has a collection of short stories that are, um, it's like some sci-fi, some Gaiman-y dark stuff. fantasy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, so not a whole lot of Harlan Ellison, um, actually. And uh, this PDF you gave me is eight hundred thirty pages long. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. And I'm gonna read these. <laughs> Um, oh, nice. And it doesn't you, fuck around. It's, there's not like a lot of essays and shit. About, it's just millions of stories. Straight to it. Yeah. And you've yeah. always uh, tried to get me to read Harlan Ellison on mm. account of your favorite author and so on. Yeah. Um, but I have it in my in my mitts, in my digital mitts, I guess. Well, um, I will say he's like a sketch troupe in that there are bad ones. So let me send you a short list of good ones. Please that you can do just that. Keep yeah. In case you ever get around to it. But yeah. So you weren't like... Like the Bradbury, Asimov, Heinlein, all the classic sci-fi steeped in that per se. Not a whole lot, no. Good. I love that. Because what's interesting about that is uh, if you, all those guys became TV writers. So mm -hmm. like, you know how, I don't know, when I studied Shakespeare, my teacher made a point of saying, this was the mass medium. This was for the poor people to watch and the middle class people to watch. Um, in fact, you know. The hubbub around is Shakespeare. Shakespeare is because they think it's secretly a nobleman because a nobleman would never stoop to write this shit. It was the equivalent of daytime TV. Mm -hmm. And they're whipping it out to be as entertaining as possible while people stand there and be entertained. And this is also a version of that. This is also a thing that TV fully makes obsolete. Um, but, you know, people famously had whole wealthy careers where all they did was publish short stories in magazines mm -hmm. all the way back to Charles Dickens. But then in the fifties and sixties in America, it was these guys writing about ray guns and bullshit. And many of them transitioned into TV. So Ellison wrote a lot of twilight zone and track and stuff like that. Right. Um, could you just give a handful of your favorite sci-fi shows? Because I think that will let people get a fix on your sci-fi likes. Uh, yeah, I mean, my favorite favorite sci-fi show is Battlestar Galactica, um, although I wouldn't mm -hmm. call that sci-fi necessarily. I mean, I would call it sci-fi, not science fiction, necessarily, um, if we wait, wait, wait. make that distinction. I don't... No? Do, please. I don't make... I don't understand the distinction. Um, well, I guess uh, when I say, like, science fiction, I'm thinking more uh, in this vein of, like, stories you're reading um, and talk or, like, Star Trek, where sci-fi, mm -hmm. I think... Uh, allows itself a little more leeway in the scientific concepts and maybe there's a little more like mysticism or the unexplained sort of going on. Um, uh, I guess yeah. hard sci-fi is more what the distinction that I'm making. Um, yeah. They but, like Battlestar Galactica. soft in the yeah. community, which is very phallic. Uh, but. Yeah. But like, you know, Battlestar Galactica is not a, um, like it's not hard sci-fi by any means. Um, it's, it, it happens to take place in space and there are robots. Right. You know, um, but beyond but, that, but growing up in the 60s, not me, but sci fi, tra like trashy sci fi that became the pop culture that we like. Uh, I will say they're no stranger to bringing in God or metaphysics or a supernatural element. But yeah, you'd call that soft sci fi or whatever versus 
Philip K. Dick is like, here's how the technology works. Exactly. You unscrew yeah, it, and inside yeah. there's four diodes. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, he's great, though. He pulls out great twists. Totally. This is not yeah, a Dick yeah. show. Um, yeah. Despite Soft and Hard being bandied about. So <laughs> I wanted to ask, since it's your first Ellison on the page, like, how did his style hit you? I will say on the Ellison meter for people listening along to this show, this one's is still fairly grounded, not super psychedelic. He's like the Beatles towards the end of his career. He gets like crazy weird, um, which I love, but Mm -hmm. how'd it hit you style wise? Um, uh, I want to read more, um, to get a bigger grasp, uh, on his style. I think, uh, I liked it's, um, it's very straightforward, but also leaves a lot of room for sort sort of like a feeling of dread, even though like the words themselves are are very like like specific and deliberate. Um, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, it's very deliberate, but not as showy as he gets later in his life. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of like um, just ma- matter of fact, I guess, uh, while also having this uh, this sense and tone that that. Um, there's like this dread sort of behind it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. 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 My example I've gone back to before on this podcast is there's a point. In fact, this is the period I love him for the most where he flagrantly breaks writing rules and is not transparent and is not concise. Like there's a moment I cite a lot where he's like describing your attention, the reader's attention going down into the earth to a cavern, you know, but mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of a tracking shot that pans all the way through the earth. He's like down through the grass, yeah, the soil, yeah. the loam, the schist, the sediment down through the granite. You're like, you're allowed to do that. You're wasting mm-hmm. so much page space on this and it doesn't mean anything, but it's so cool. Um, <laughs> but this story is classic. He's making a buck, probably just <laughs> pumped it out over a weekend to sell to a magazine story. Um, yeah, so I will, I'll call out some stylistic things, but I think that's right on point. Um, so speaking of how it is sneaky deliberate though, and I do think Ellison's stories bear up under scrutiny, like he was a smart man. What did you get out of like the fact that our, this is happening to the whole world. Why is our hero an astronomist and why is it's basically like the Futurama where Gore has written the moonworm. Like they call mm. a big science convention of all the scientists. Yeah. Why are we viewing it through the lens of academia and science specifically, do you think? Um, I think uh, a few reasons. Um, I think uh, some of it we sort of uh, view, I, again, not knowing a whole lot of his work, uh, a view of sort of his uh, his view of a lot of academia um, and why people are, certain people are involved. Um, there's a, a sen- sense of just sort of like – uh, contempt for uh, certain areas of uh, certain institutions and the like the idea of institutions and sort of this uh, anti-elitist sort of sense uh, about it. Um, I think part of it is actually just that it gives, at least to me, um, it gives this sort of background radiation of horror uh, by focusing on uh, this astronomer specifically, but like that world in general. They're all inside, right? They're all sort of dug deep. Uh, they're in the bunker. They're doing this meeting. They're having this discussion about what's going on. Um, but he makes clear in the first line or two, uh, this is happening constantly. And the screams are forcing people to, like, run into the hills. Um, it's, like, a terrifying thing that's going on in the sky. Um, yeah. But they're very not, like, aside from those 
maybe one or two lines throughout, but like mainly just that first paragraph. Uh, right. It's a horror show outside. Um, oh, but totally. They're, yeah. But they're well, very... Especially once you realize, I like that you don't know they're alive at first and then you do. And you're like, yeah. oh. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's a horror show. Um, and uh, sort of being able to uh, step step outside of that, still have that go, go on. And then you have, uh, yeah, these uh, sort of the, the movers and shakers, as it were, uh, sort of discovering this, making these uh, decisions. And uh, because of, I think, the, the feeling that he wanted to elicit towards the end, I think, uh, doesn't need to be through this lens, but uh, lens is an astronomy joke. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, the realization, the, the twist uh, having a big effect on people whose sort of life work is uh, fundamentally affected by the news, by the twist. Um, uh, your average yeah. person might not have that same reaction to it um, over like maybe over time. But this like directly affects like their like their, their whole their whole purpose uh, or how they view their meaning in life. Yeah, I do think it's that and that because spoiler alert, a bunch of them kill themselves. And so I think it's easiest to buy that an astronomer might. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. But um, I also think it's notable. I think it's that it's most relevant to them. But I also think it's interesting that. Like the main character several times thinks petty thoughts in his head. Like why is so-and-so giving the speech about Mm -hmm. the aliens? This is too above their pay grade. It should be so-and-so, or maybe it should be me. I I could speak well to this. Like they always overlook me. And I think there's this pomposity and sort of backbiting of even in the midst of this, they're shuffling the deck chairs of like, social and social status uh, reminds me of the Chernobyl show a bit where it's like, uh, I'm above you. I'm above you. I exactly, could have my yeah. guy kill you. We're all dying of radiation. Yeah. Yeah. This is not what we need to focus on. And uh, I think that's very intentionally a dig at humanity and why we're the garbage disposal of the universe. Yes. And the idea that if the twist is you're going to knock the wind out of human desire to push our empire out into space how better than to first point out the facets of humanity that are like we're so great we're gonna go conquer the universe no you're not like you know Mm -hmm. if it was a teacher or if it was will smith coming out of his house and seeing the ships in the sky like just a family man or whatever it's a whole different story the fact that they're dry academians i think really makes you be like this is why humanity um and I think a lesser writer, not that this show is to like build him up consistently, but <laughs> I think uh, why he appeals to me is like a lesser writer would just do the story on the surface level and not necessarily catch that or do the most appropriate possible yeah. thing to like structure it around. And even have those sort of parallels between like, like you're saying, like this sort of like weird jealousy of like, why them? Why not me? Why not? You know that. And it's sort of why not me announcing fit. we're all going to die. <laughs> right. And it sort of uh, it does also fit with. Uh, like the humanity's relationship with these aliens, right? Like, well, why them? Yeah. Why are they? Why are they doing it? Why can't? Why, are they sp- why can't? Right. Why can't we be special? You know. And I love that we're like, is this an insult? Why do you kill yourselves here? And they're like, no, it's it's a madman. I don't think of you at all. They're like, oh no, mm-hmm. it's not an insult. It's just where we do it, or like we don't care. Yeah, and we're like, it's a, that's yeah. even more insulting. Exactly. It's so it's so <laughs> yeah. flippant and casual. Um, although yeah. uh, Don Draper did think about him. That's true. People miss you. It was a, it was a, it was a lie. 
Um, also, I will note just while we're on the moment, uh, you know, it's funny that he's from the early 60s and it's still like uh, specifically the women ran to the hills to escape the yeah. sound of the suicides. I love that imagining all the men in the town are like, I can take it. Now, it's just a sound, man. Yeah, right. Right. yeah bring it on. Yeah, like, can't show weakness. The women are in the hills. Uh, also, <laughs> like anyway. the idea, I mean, this is just like, you know, logic problem right out the right out the gate. You're right. going to still hear it in the hills. If anything, you're going to hear them louder because you're closer to the atmosphere, right? Like they're not they're right. not only falling sure. yeah, you don't in the go city. Up. Like, no, they're right. falling everywhere. Yeah. Can't can't escape the um, screams. So obviously it's sort of oh, and also I'll say about Ellison. He's both. He's extreme both sides of the coin. So he'll ha- equally have stories that are like highly cynical. Humanity sucks and is a total write-off. Look what we do to each other. Uh and then stories where he's like, well, but Specific people I know are f- so fiercely beautiful it makes me believe in angels. Like he'll be mm, hypocritical about it, yeah. and he's open about that. But uh, like he's described stories as um, just capturing an emotional state I was inhabiting at the moment. Not every story is a treatise on how I think about the universe, uh, which is totally fair. Yeah, that's so. Uh, I mean, it has to yeah. be if you're writing hundreds of these stories too. But we never do that. It's interesting to me. I think it's just because we want to know our heroes from afar. But like. With songs, we'll be like, this guy consistently writes sad songs. He must be so sad. And it mm. could be, no, that's just the kind of song he's good at writing. Like, that's way more likely. Yeah. Um, also, but, yeah. yeah, there's an element of, of that, too, where it's like, maybe they only pick up the instrument when they're sad. Or like, when that's, you know, because like, that's well, when I'm happy, I'm off being yeah. happy. I'm not necessarily going to be right. writing a song based off every emotion because I'm yeah doing that. Or sad stuff feels more important to them or worthy of capturing because we all have that bias a bit or yeah. whatever. Or you only yeah. know three and, chords and most of them are minor. I don't know. There's so many yeah, reasons. Right, right. So Harlan is also a chameleon in that way where his stories are like, he's also imitating people sometimes as an homage. He's really just a craftsman practicing writing, which I like about it. Um, because you can analyze it like this. So this one is obviously a treatise on curiosity. And I just wanted to ask your thoughts around that, because, of course, sci-fi and people interested in science and space often cite it as, like, the most unique human trait or the most important human trait sometimes I've heard, the most positive human trait or even primate trait, if we're being, you know, mm-hmm. truthful. They also have it. But, like, we're proud that we're curious. We're proud that we explore uh how do you and this story is like what if you couldn't dun 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 that's the twist yeah what if you sure, didn't, what if great. it didn't matter like what if there was no yeah. yeah yeah and how demoralizing that would be great twist but i also just want to ask you generally like how do you feel about the church i don't want to say cult because that makes it sound negative and i <laughs> i like curiosity but how do you feel about that like novelty seeking and curiosity in humanity yeah and how sci-fi like makes it central right um i think it is i mean it's kind of a building block and pillar of sci-fi i think without it it uh because the nature of the story is exploring uh things that don't yet exist so it kind of has to be i i'm always reticent to say something's like oh this is like the most important like human trait or like this is like this is what makes humans humans because also everything is kind of not everything but you know like uh life in nature is curious um, it sort it is mm. part of what can drive evolution and things like that. So, you know, um, even like uh, obviously like these are 
massively intergalactic advanced uh, creatures, but like the aliens in this, uh, the only reason we know anything about them is because they were one of them was curious uh, in a in a moment. Um, oh, because it saw that we have satellites and like garbage around the atmosphere, and they were like, when we came here five thousand years ago, you were. We we never oh we didn't expect you to go to space oh you're in space interesting yeah. so just one of them is like I'll talk to oh, you for five let's, minutes yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll get I, you know we'll probably get back to that uh, aspect of it too um, but like yeah there's that like like line it was uh, it was interested it was just interested um, as we would find out later um, so yeah. I think curiosity is sort of um, a general driver um, for uh, you know life and um, and humanity and uh i would say it does a huge yeah uh kind of uh i'm sure i'm proven wrong in many many stories out there but like a fundamental part of uh the genre Um, oh yeah for sure and i do think actually it's weird when you find a super deterministic sci-fi story that's like no it's this way i'm yeah. sure and it's the traditional way that we've done for thousands of years right imagine that yeah. yeah yeah it's it's odd um usually right you're you're speculating so you can safely explore something about your present or what if it got extremified or you just had a cool idea which is what i like best about sci-fi is sometimes a nerd is just like it would be neat if a black hole did this i'll right. tell a story about that um and if they are, if there's no more curiosity, yeah. uh, like the end of this, uh, you couldn't really do that. You you know it all. You there's nothing yeah. left. So and certainly, or like I believe the current. Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe the knowledge will grow and change as humanity wears on. But I think the understanding of evolution is that there's some kind of benefit to the innate drive for novelty or curiosity because even though it's totally true that the higher your novelty seeking lower your impulse control the more you're like what is that and you want to fuck with it Mm -hmm. right like back in the day the more likely you were to die but also the species as a whole benefits from that because nine people die but one person discovers oh if you break this rock open this is inside and we can eat it or whatever and everyone's like now we all benefit from that knowledge right so exactly it's it's like a measured risk that species take, not consciously, because that's not how natural selection works, but it works out so it perpetuates itself that some of the tribe are more novelty-seeking than others, and they take risks and try and, to discover new things at risk to themselves. And make those big steps that, yeah, uh, lead to... Which is... Yeah, exactly. And so fascinating to me because it means that species are connected in that sort of overbrain way, only abstractly, I don't say there's like a consciousness there, but if you know what I mean, like I, our cause is universal and we do row together in the sense that if you only looked at an individual in the system, there would be no argument for why you should be curious if you found a routine that ensures your survival. Like why would that animal want to ever deviate from that mm-hmm. routine? And the answer can only be found if you look at the whole system, which is really cool to me. Um, that some systems, you know, the sum is greater than the, yeah, you have to sort of, um, and speaking of like holistic shit, I feel like as I, as is empathy is real big right now. And I do think maybe that's the most unique only because I see animals can definitely grieve, like, especially for members of their own family or Mm -hmm. hurt or pack or murder. But, uh, 
it seems to me that animals that eat other animals are lacking that generalized empathy that we have where we're like, that would make us cringe just because it's a human to like mm-hmm. kill and eat a human alive while they're screaming um, would bother us. And it doesn't seem to bother other animals. And I wonder about that. But you're right that life is naturally like there's some novelty seeking. Interesting. In it. Yeah. Um, and I think I do think that that empathy is uh, another huge like one of the big uh, uh, picking a random number, the big four, whatever it is. Um, right. That, that uh, make us us. Yeah. yeah um, even obviously like even um, like, you know, smaller, less developed uh, species and so on have uh, this sort of impulse. Obviously, like you're saying, like, take care of their own. I mean, elephants uh, will they'll. Uh, sniff out and like touch the bones of an elephant even if they don't know like they didn't it wasn't part of their pack yeah. it wasn't any, like it was just like oh I, well these are definitely are very elephant interesting bones. they supposedly i'm sure this i feel confident that's probably been debunked but in my teens or early 20s i saw a documentary that purported that elephants have genetic memory encoded into their dna like uh elephants will go to the same you know, watering hole over and over in the middle of the desert. And so will their children, even if they died very far from the watering hole and Mm. there's no reasonable way the children would know where it is. They know where it is. And I bet it's not true, but this documentary was like, so it must be that they inherit genetic memory. Interesting only because the creatures in this story also have that, which is such a unique Mm -hmm. species trait that I feel like sci-fi should use more. Your children are born knowing everything you knew, like accrued over your life. Mm -hmm. That would be so Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Explain uh, why they own the universe. Yeah. Like heightened instincts almost like I have these instincts that are sort of ingrained in me, but it's actually like, no, I've, uh, I've all the knowledge. Right, like I have the matrix knowledge of my yeah. parents and their parents and their parents. Mm. My God, after 10 generations, like obviously you would own the universe. That's such a good power for an alien species yeah. to have. Also, just along the attention to detail line, I fucking love that they look like Ra. They look exactly mm-hmm. like the god Ra because 5,000 years ago, that would be... You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure the implication is they inspired the god Ra. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, 5,000 years ago, this happened. One of them didn't burn up or whatever. Some sort of situation. Or checked out the locals for five minutes. Or checked them out, exactly, because they were curious. Um, And, uh, yeah, and then they worshipped them there. I also, I, uh, at the very beginning, it seemed uh, to me that they were, uh, it was, uh, they were angels, um oh like uh yeah. like very bird-like um and Gosh. even like even the end of just sort of like yeah um up there that's the heavens and we own it all and we all live there and you're not you can't you can't be a part of it like you're you're doomed to not ever enter the kingdom of heaven uh with yeah us, right with we angels um who, or yeah. there it will be like lousy with us just watching. Exactly. It. And we like if, even if yeah, exactly. Even if you do, uh we, we will not care. Uh, You'll still be a human, not an angel. Yeah, You'll the angels of heaven will heaven. not care yeah. that you are uh walking among right. us. Yeah, fascinating. The angel thing, I also like well, they're not really it's more like a phoenix imagery is the other connection, of course, mm-hmm. as well. Because as they explain, they're not killing themselves in a sad way. They compare it to lemmings, which I think has been debunked. But at the yeah. time, Harlan thought lemmings killed themselves out of instinct. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's uh, cool. I'll me- do it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, one of that, the I'm few... sure that's how he was inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Things about uh, I almost wish he didn't mention lemmings, not because it's been debunked, but because it's one of those things like ah, I you read an article about lemmings and then you wrote you're the story. You're revealing how you thought of the story. Yeah. Which is kind of yeah, that's true. 
Um, but, he's you know, big about that, though. He writes intros to his books where he goes, this story means this, this story means this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and and that's fine. That's great. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Penn that's and Teller style. But like within, yeah. the, within the story, I'm like, ah, I, I, you read a Lemming article. <laughs> Maybe not within the story. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, very, very minor it's, nitpick. It's the idea is that they're just, uh, you know, they die so their children can be reborn with all their memories so they don't feel like they're really dying. It's fine. It's not like a sadness thing, right. which I think is important. Uh, and I love the idea that it's so fresh to me. I've rarely encountered. OK, I have encountered many times. Right. Aliens are here. How can you deal with that? Well, they're here to attack us or. It was revolutionary, right, for when Spielberg did it. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just here to talk to us and they're not mean. There's all these different ways you could go. You never hear. They're here to kill themselves. They're here to destroy themselves. And they Mm -hmm. have no interest in communicating with us. I have not heard that one before. It's just speaking of novelty seeking. I I love that he's fresh. That's what I love about it. Also, because it's not even that they come to Earth to do this. They go to like Venus and Mercury and Mars too. like the fact that they're humans. Oh, it's the whole solar system. It does not matter. Like it's like we happen to be here. Uh, It's this not anything to do with us. Even it's just the location. Yeah. And Lovecraft style, the scientists kill themselves. So I do want to ask, do you really think, I know it's a huge deal, but imagine you're an astronomer and you find out, oh, there isn't space, but there is, but you're just not king of it or whatever. You're not a cowboy. You're a visitor in a museum, but you could still go look at cool stuff in space. And and anyway, if you haven't read it, at the end, all the astronomers like shoot themselves. In yeah, the head. jump off buildings. Do you think yeah. that would really happen? Yeah. Um. No. I don't, know. I don't think so. Okay. I so I have a different. I have like a. Uh, I think reading this, I had a maybe uh, again like sort of one of the reasons uh, you wanted me to come on for this. I didn't mm-hmm. uh, get any of the sort of pessimistic. Um, outcome or like perspective from this like i'm reading it obviously this devastates everyone yeah core yeah um and i think there's something more about this um that is aside from the fact that like i think if if astronomers found this out they might be like okay well that's kind of sad but like we can still go look like your heart would be crushed and you'd change jobs like you'd become a park ranger and look internally instead yeah but like it's also the knowledge that like oh aliens exist and like there's like many like there's so many uh uh, even like this stuff that was uh communicated to him uh he wasn't like he doesn't know the details. He doesn't know like right. how the universe works. And that's still sort of a, uh, like that's still a curiosity. Um, even though other people have figured it out, you know, it's sort of like, um, yeah, like if, uh, dogs or dolphins or like some, some animal, uh, found out like oh humans have figured it all out like well you can figure it out too or like we can you know so there, there's an element of that yeah. that i think uh it, it sort of misses the mark but obviously he why wants, play he wants any video twist. yeah like why play any video game if someone on earth has 100 percent of it already or like why do anything because i'm doing it i get to experience <laughs> exactly it. exactly yeah um and there's also course. an element of of the ending and some of the stuff sort of peppered in um and like you're talking like the this this general idea of curiosity where I feel like if, okay, let's say, let's say uh, that uh, these uh, 
angel aliens from the cosmos uh, are doing this and Earth is is like the dead end. It's like this is where it all ends. Well, 5,000 years ago, um, we were like, you know, making pyramids uh, for the, the gods that we thought you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 5,000 years later, uh, another generation came back. And because you have all the knowledge, you were still surprised that we had gotten this far, right? Which implies um, that we went faster than you expected. Exactly. Right? Um, yeah. And there's also this, like, that moment, like, oh, this, um, this one of one out of again like millions of these creatures one of them was curious in a moment uh didn't need to be uh had the cycle planned out this is what we do we go here we die and uh reborn and then continue um and this particular creature broke that cycle by being interested in this oh i'll go check this Mm -hmm. out for five minutes um and that had an effect on another species um, a really negative one in uh, some of these people's cases, uh, but they're like it's sort of laying out this thing of like, well, yeah, uh, what is the cycle of life? It's this death and rebirth, and uh, you make these evolutionary steps, um, and the next generation or the next life, the next sort of cycle is built on like the ashes of the previous one, yeah. and so it's sort of laying out this almost uh, could be even be pres- like potentially hopeful idea of like well these events are still leading us out there um these little moments of curiosity are kickstarting <laughs> you could say like, well we still made first contact this is still first contact with aliens they're they might be participating in their death ritual but they're not all they still exist out there we've just made contact with aliens is that nothing like are you not right like all? yeah exactly <laughs> like you said you're like we're the, the garbage True. disposal of the universe okay but, all but right well they we learned showing something up. we learned something and we're do- <laughs> we're, uh, we're also like doing better than these like immortal like not immortal but like these omnis- omniscient sort of beings uh expected d- yeah That's like we're doing way better yeah. than they thought um and we're the garbage dump um, so I think that's sort of like, oh, actually, humanity isn't like pointless or useless or bad. Um, we're just, we just, we're late, right? Yeah. Um, what if you're a garbage man reading this? You're like, hey, my service is valuable. Yeah. You need um, to be have a dump. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I just think that there's yeah. a there's an element of of this sort of like these sort like you're saying these sort of moments of curiosity within a species that will sort of. Uh, kick it up a notch or forward um, in the evolutionary chain. And I think we, it sort of laid out, laid it out like that. Um, Even though certain people in the story took it very, 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 very poorly. Right. Um, But I do think it's the same thing with sketches. It applies to horror and sci-fi stories as well. Uh, If you don't know how to end your story. The person kills himself at the end. Sketches do it. Improv does it. Mm, yeah, sci-fi yeah. does it. I mean, death is the ultimate symbol of end for all of us. So obvious. It's just the easiest low-hanging fruit to go for. What if they die? Well, that's that is the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. The story's over. Um, but anyway, uh, I also like kind of how it rhymes, just in the sense that I got the impression that if terrible mm. sci-fi names so oh my god say. it's so yeah ifks people who go unnamed thank god that, yeah, are, are <laughs> the presumably <laughs> um uh they kill themselves when they're like well we've soaked up all the information 
I'm habituated to stuff. I'm done exploring. I'm going to die so the next generation can explore. Uh, that's totally, or, you know, it's like we do, we're still copying them, which is cool. Uh, they finish exploring and they kill themselves. Oh, we realize we're done exploring and we kill ourselves. I like that. All right. Yeah, Harlan's yeah. parlance. Were there any lines you wanted to shout out? You don't have to have any because it uh, is a straightforward story. Uh, yeah, I was kind of trying to figure that out and I couldn't really find, uh, I couldn't like nothing like grabbed me in terms of like the actual prose. Yeah, doesn't have um, to. I would say that's okay. Yeah, there were like, again, those, uh, the sort of like it was interested, but it was interested as we learned later, uh, struck me mm-hmm. uh, when I was first reading it. Um, and it sort of, that sort of paid off as the story progressed. Um, but it wasn't like, oh my, a be- this beautiful line. Um, it was just like, oh, Which okay. he There's... often does do, but not mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a whole lot. Um, I liked, uh, out of a lemon sky kind of stuff, but like, yeah, it's not, didn't. Yeah. The first line, which I did want to read only because I mm-hmm. think when you read it on the page, you don't realize that it's like written in a, in iambic pentameter and rhymes. It's not mm-hmm. literally iambic pentameter. Don't get at me poetry people, but <laughs> if you know what I mean, it has great mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. They came flaming down out of a lemon sky. And on the first day, 10,000 died, which actually sounds dumb. Cause it rhymes if you say it out loud, but when mm-hmm. you read it, it hits the brain really. Yeah, it nicely. does. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a solid you, sentence. Um, you're like, I'll starter. read the rest of this story based on that sentence. Yeah, um, um, that for that first paragraph yeah. actually, I was like, okay, I'm I'm down with this. Um, and then I just love the idea that he ultimately describes our all is lost moment in a separate paragraph as just always night hyphen with light, which is a mm-hmm. great like microcut. That's as simply as you can put it. It's always night. We're depressed forever, irrevocably. Mm. With light, there's nothing to explore. All the lights are on. You're just mm-hmm. alone in like yeah. a room with all the lights on. So I'm like, You're ah, looking, that's a good yeah. distillation of the story. Yeah, yeah like but yeah, that. yeah. There's a, yeah. I'll send you a list of, <laughs> of really yeah, weird please shit do. That yeah. I think you'll like. Um. Okay. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to point out is that the ship they to get Ithk, they send a ship up into space which is described as opening a cargo hatch and turning on the sucking mechanism. And I'd love, I'd love physicists to get at me. Can you suck stuff in space? I thought you needed air to suck. How can you create a pressure differential in space? Yeah. Explain it's gotta yourself. be something. Yeah. Like. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, and yeah. And I just love that. I just wanted to phrase it this way, even though we covered it already. I love a sci-fi story that questions or slaps down curiosity itself, which is the base impulse of all sci-fi stories. It's it's meta in a way where he's like, I'm going to write a story that's anti-curiosity. The, yeah, the yeah, reason yeah, we exactly. all write these stories. Yeah, you little scamp. Or, or like the, uh, you know, the sort of the, here's like the the worst version if this all continues and continues on. Like um, there's that uh, Futurama what if episode, right? Where like Farnsworth learns every single thing about the universe and becomes very, very, very depressed. Um, like, yeah. But then there's always that question, which I thought I've had many times growing up, which is, yeah, but why? Mass is all attracted mm-hmm. to each other and we call it gravity. But why is it that versus anything else? Why is there anything when nothing is much lower energy cost to create? Mm-hmm. Like, why was there ever anything? And of course, if you've seen the episode, yeah, the professor's like, you're right. Human comprehension has no limits. Hooray. Like, I'm yeah, don't exactly myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also don't understand how we could. They said they picked the solar system because it's the end of the universe. 
there's stuff all around us. We can see that. We're in the middle of a bunch of stuff. <laughs> why is this the end of the Yeah, universe? why exactly? Like, wait a second. Pick somewhere but else then. <laughs> every direction there's stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're the does, middle, if anything. Right, right. It's like it's not and like we're not the center of the galaxy. Like we're not is it like <laughs> Right, we're no nothing special. We're like an average like, system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. Uh as we always do, and I'm very excited this time because Cody is a very gifted joke writer, uh, we end with three jokes that are specifically for people who've read this obscure science yeah. fiction story. <laughs> Otherwise, the jokes will not hit. Uh, please, Well, I'll go first so that we end on a Johnston. Mm. Mm. Um, oh, there's... I'm, I already joked about the stupid names, so they're, I'm going to cut that one, and that takes me down to three. Yeah, maybe they want to kill themselves because their names are terrible. <laughs> um, so my first entry is actually... Oh, no, we all, we also spoiled this joke. This shit is like if Darren Aronofsky directed that episode of Futurama with the cowboy universe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just uh, the two. Just oh, I'm like sure that. that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hit me. Um, they're all puns. I'm so sorry. Um, good. First one, uh, eh, first one. Uh, yeah, she broke, she broke up with him after he told her earth was the universe's graveyard and human exploration and existence is doomed to stagnation. Yeah. He really gave her the ithk. <laughs> it's just fun to say. Cool. It's fun. Uh, yeah. Little, little dating joke for y'all. There you go. By definition, genetic memory means you remember what it was like for your parents to conceive you. That's gross, bro. Humanity for the win. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, they know. They've seen it all. I'm doing more snide observations yeah, this yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, these are all straight straight puns. <laughs> uh, flew too close to the sun 500, 100,000 times. We call him Ithcarus. <laughs> uh, okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one really only makes sense if you literally read the end because he talks about how the protagonist is like, uh, uh, ta- oh, he takes a bunch of sleeping pills. That's the last thing that happens. I love that I have to explain it. Even probably the people who read it are like, oh, he does. That's right. I liked this story because of the happy ending where the very tired man gets to sleep a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good. <laughs> he, just, he just wanted a nap. He was like, well, at the end, I think he works for just so like, long. I feel the weight of the sleeping pills in my hand and I'm very tired. I, I love can't, where you're yeah. like, Oh, good. He has the medicine. The happy ending, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. also during all of this, there's like screaming going on in the background. It's like I can't <laughs> right, sleep with the all aliens. the screaming. <laughs> oh, no, I'm dying. All right. All right. One more. Please. One more pun. Here we Just go. Just blow the roof off this bitch. Yeah, this Here we is go. our closing. What type of bird do you eat on a stick on Halloween and you have to cook it in the atmosphere millions of times? <gasps> An Ithkabad crane. Oh, oh, that's Got really him. good. I was trying to, I yeah, I was trying to do the joke math fast enough to get it, but I could not. I should have waited. I'm sorry. It, it was a multi-dimensional pun. There are that too many. Great. There are too many. Too many things. So yes, if you read the like story, this, much like the story, this is the podcast where jokes go to burn out and kill themselves. <laughs> uh, and I thank you for taking part in that silly thing with me, and this whole conversation. That was really great, Coz. Uh, Thanks for the having off- me. This is great. Yeah. yeah, for the tiny fraction of our audiences that don't overlap or newcomers, where can they find more of your work? Uh, yeah, check me out on the internet.com. Uh, <laughs> I uh, host a show called Some More News. Uh, it's on YouTube. You can listen to it as a podcast. Uh, even more news. We've got a Patreon. 
com slash some more yeah. news and other stuff. I do other stuff on the internet sometimes. Um, yeah. I do cool. like that you barely even need to say places anymore. That's nice. Where you go like, here's the show I do. You Google that. It, you'll find it. And yeah, exactly. takes that as assumed. That's and nice. from there, there's more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know how to do it. So do it. it. They do great work over there. Cody, of course, the flagship, but uh, a lot of cool people work on that. Um, and you can game. find me at Swaim underscore Corp on Twitter. You're already behind the paywall if you're hearing this. So great. Go check out our Papa Bear funding campaign. I think that's it. Oh, Bye. Yeah. Bye.